0: Welcome, dear listener, to The Weekend at Crombies 2, The Legend of Crombies Gold, where we continue our Rob Reiner run with The Princess Bride. Welcome, dear listener, to Weekend at Crombie's 2, the legend of Crombie's Gold. I am Hugh, and I'm not left-handed either.
1: <laughs> no, I'm Dr. James Evans Esquire. Inconceivable.
0: <laughs> is that your new title now, James yeah. Inconceivable?
1: <laughs> I mean there are awesome. the film is full of potential quotes isn't it
0: I, I did rack my brains thinking is there one that no one will have heard of but it's impossible every single line of this film is inherently
1: quotable it is really isn't it yeah, yeah. that's true yeah definitely
0: so to have a quick recap on our, yes. on, our on our rob reiner run this is this is right in the middle of it isn't it yeah so he'd
1: have by this time he would have I think very well established himself as a, a, a successful director. This is Spinal Tap, The Sure Thing, and Stand By Me. But I think actually this probably is the transition between cult and commercial success. Um, so this is Spinal Tap, The Sure Thing, Stand By Me. I think smaller films, slightly more cult um, at the time. The Princess Bride has become a bit of a cult behemoth, obviously. But it's, it's for me that bridge between... The, the earlier films and the kind of the later commercial behemoths of, yeah. of when when Harry met Sally misery and a few good men so
0: it was massively, massively successful and so it's right there right though, too and you know had it been uh, oh of course had yeah. it been in itself it's like yeah like,
1: oh and but that's i suppose that's what i mean that that this is this is a relatively small film budget wise yeah that did well, but it wasn't huge success at the box office, but it did well, it did well. Um, Washed its face. It washed its face. It was a step up, I think, in commercial success from the previous three, but it, it gave a bit of a flavor of what was to come, I think, with Rob Reiner.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was a, again. Stand by me. A bit more of an edge to it. Uh, spinal yeah. Tap was 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 very out there. This was this was yeah. g- driving us towards Hammer Sally. But this can we can look at this in the in the analysis. Shall we? Shall we skip uh, quite lightly through the uh, the synopsis? Well, there's everyone a lot of, knows
1: this, don't they? There's a lot of plot to this, but we, uh, do, we
0: do we need to go through it, or we should uh, we should, we, at should
1: least... we should touch upon the main points?
0: Yes, because it, because it's our, it's our tradition and it's the only style we know how to approach
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> 65 minutes later.
0: <laughs> we'll we'll see how we can do. We'll see how we can do. But um, well, the whole thing is is the Princess Bride is an actual book, and um, we oh, yeah, begin we begin um with uh with a young grandson um in his is sick in his bed when his grandfather comes along with a book um who he takes. Well, some an convincing. actual book
1: and an actual book, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's, it's he's a double actual book.
0: Yeah, we should say the the young grandson is played by Fred Savage. Um, yeah, uh, 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 what you would say he could is, un- and undeniably savage. his peak, his peak. Yeah, yeah his, peak Savage. Yeah, peak savage, um, and uh, Peter Falk, who's also quite remarkable, had to age up for the role. Like, <laughs> you ever imagine any role where Peter Falk needs to age up, but he does.
1: I mean, Peter, Peter Falk, by the late 80s, had been around for about 80 years. And yeah. yet, was still only forty, <laughs> or something like that.
0: Otherwise, again, the only thing he would rage up was like put some grey in his hair there because his voice yeah. is, is he had you know he had a grandfatherly voice when he was about twenty.
1: Well, um, and also, he's channeling he's channeling a little bit of um Columbo here, isn't he?
0: Well, I think that's just his style. But he's, he's got that kind of Walter Matthau, not multiple. Yeah. Um, no. who Are you thinking of uh, any anyone from the cast of Cocoon?
1: <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: We digress. Anyway, the 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 interesting thing about the, so this is it. The grand grandfather tells the story of the Princess Bride to the grandson, and we get the whole Princess Bride laid out to us as a film. And they cut back and forth to the the grandson. some for comedic purposes, sometimes the grandfather will just stop the action in the most exciting bit and say, yeah. "Should we stop here? Should we stop here?" And in both the grandson and you and I going, "No, keep going." Yeah,
1: exactly. Although um, you know, there's a, there's a cynicism, isn't it? The the grandson at the start is thinking, oh, "There's too much going to be kissing in this." This is ah, the Princess Bride, and then by the end, and he's absolutely gagging for the story
0: yeah well this is the thing yeah he's uh he's not interested in the book he's got he, he, his best thing is does it have sports in it um yeah, yeah. Uh, but also he's actually not that interested in his grandfather really he's, he's found his grandfather a bit annoying we think yeah. um which is which is nice because the framing device is not just will the grandson become engaged in the story it's like will the two of their relationship grow as well yeah uh, and it's very sweet i mean it's it's actually given it's in, it's one of the most pedestrian part of the story. It's also one of the, more with the most heart in it. I really, I'm really moved by that now.
1: Yes. More than I was when I first watched this in my only previous time of watching this, which was probably when I was 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think, I think
0: now we're old really and sentimental. It's, it's, yeah. it's lovely. So.
1: It, it also helps that Peter Falk is an, is an exceptional actor Yeah. <laughs> and savage is peak savage.
0: Yeah, I would say Peter Falk is an exceptional character actor too. He is, yeah. He's exactly that, that kind of warmth and that kind yeah, of, um, he's yeah. a perfect grandfather there. He is, he is. And, he is. and I, yeah, we talk about Pete Savage, he, you do, yeah, Fred Savage is one of the premier child actors. Like, oh, come on. He just nails it. He
1: really does. He really does. He's like, he's your quintessential 80s child character. Isn't it?
0: It's he, yeah, perfect. Yeah, but this seems like when he goes, you know, um, I, I hate, I hate when grandfather comes in and pinches my cheek, and yeah. so he won't do that. Comes in, and all you see is Fred Savage's cheek being pinched, and his eyes immediately roll over <laughs> to his mum and silently say, "I told you he'd do this." <laughs> it's brilliant. And it's, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, and do you think if had you cast one of his contemporaries, like say Macaulay Culkin, oh, you'd be annoyed no. with him by now? You'd want you to slap it. Um, yeah, you but, would. But My look, anyway, have- that's
1: 10 minutes on the very first scene. <laughs> <laughs> and the framing device. It's,
0: it's the first scene and the end scene. We, we, uh, yeah, true. But, okay, we tell the story about um, Buttercup, uh, a, young, a young farm girl <laughs> who's... Uh, yeah. Who is who lives with the farmhand Wesley, um, and all he ever she she's ordering around because she's a bit mean, and all he ever says is as you wish. But uh, he after after doing this again and again and again, she realizes every time he says as you wish, he's really saying I love you, and they fall in love. And this is about five minutes like they're in love, fantastic.
1: But even that bit sweet as well, isn't it? Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just and it, it starts off at a rollicking pace because you're just straight in aren't you
0: oh yeah, the, the, um, they, and, yeah they're, just, they're in love and actually they've slam cut to um fred savage going is this a kissing book which um just, I, there's,
1: there's a bit of kissing
0: yeah which i also is a, a wonderful phrase because my kids and i learned that and we can we can immediately uh. jump to that cypher and it's like what's this movie is this a kissing movie <laughs> um Anyway, so uh, so Buttercup and Wesley are in love. Before they can get married, Wesley must seek his fortune. But he goes off to, see to seek his fortune, and his kill his ship is attacked by the dread pirate Roberts, and he's never seen again. So Wesley is presumed dead, and that's that. So poor Buttercup is heartbroken. Five years pass, and um, she then the Prince Humperdinck, the uh, the heir of Florin, um, has, has basically uh, who's who plays Prince Humperdinck? He's a um, Sarandon. I say we should have spent so- about yeah. Buttercup is. Well, everyone knows this. Buttercup is yeah. Robin Wright in her first role, and yeah. uh, and uh, Wesley. Is Carrie Elwes um, in in fine swashbuckling form? Um, but yeah, Prince Humperdinck, We don't know why he's picked her. And the fact I think he's well, he, we know why he's got he's got an evil plan. Yeah, Um and she's so pretty. That's true, but that, that doesn't come into the evil plan bit, though. Does I suppose
1: it? not. No, but it'd be, I mean, it'd make the film a bit rubbish if he married it. He was going to marry it like a, a wench. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How dare you? Anyway, Butter, so Buttercup has has married to uh, agreed to marry Humperdinck because uh, because she basically can't be bothered. She's, she's had enough yeah. of life, so she's amazed to be miserable in a princess rather than miserable in a farm girl.
1: Um, yeah, she says she, she doesn't love him, but she'll yeah. put up with it.
0: Yeah, so but before the wedding, though, she is kidnapped as she goes riding in the forest by three outlaws, a, uh, a, a, a Viz- Viz- Vizini Vizini a, yeah. A Vizini, Vizini. Um yep. Played by ti-
1: Wallace Sean.
0: I know, a, a, a tiny, acidic Sicilian. Um, <laughs> A, a, a giant, ple- physic played by Andre the Giant. Um, and, oh my God, he's big. I mean, you yeah. know... He's, well, he's over he's...
1: seven foot tall. Yeah, but he's big as well. Yeah, he's like, his yeah. hands. Yeah, his, his hands. head. Yeah.
0: He's a big fella. I mean, I know his name's Andre the Giant and he's famous for being a giant, but he's a big fella. <laughs>
1: he's, he's quite literally a giant.
0: Yeah. And then a, a Spanish swordsman named Inigo Montoya, um, yeah, more him. of which later... Mandy Patinkin. Yes, not Spanish, but my God, he plays it well. Yeah. Um, uh, so the three the three outlaws kidnap Buttercup without much trouble, and they they set sail. Their plan is because um, they've been hired by the kingdom of Florin to kidnap the uh, the the bride, the princess bride, and and murder her on the borders of Gilda, um, thus provoking a war between the two kingdoms of Florin and Gilda. So this is the this is the international plot going on here. But as they uh, as they they row to, across the sea, they're pursued. Um, by persons unknown, which turns out to be the Dread Pirate Roberts wearing this Zorro costume. Yeah. Uh, they they escape the shrieking eels. They climb the cliffs of insanity. Uh, at which point, they, whatever, <laughs> whatever they do, they can't shake off this this person pursuing them, uh, which is inconceivable, but apparently yeah. is so. Uh, so they leave. Um, they leave. So they uh, Fezzik and Vassini tra- move on with their prisoner and leave um, leave Inigo Montoya at the top of the cliffs to uh, to kill the the man when he comes to the top. Uh, and they, uh, they have a bit of a banter as they chat. You know, he uh, he helps. Well, they them have out.
1: mutual respect for each other. Oh, they they? do.
0: Well, this is, yeah. again, we, we're going to dwell on things as well. Now is that um, the the rope of the cliffs is cut away, so um, so uh, Red Pirate Roberts has to struggle up um, to get to the cliffs. But uh, but Inigo Montoya kind of says, "You know, do you mind hurrying up? I got to kill you right <laughs> now. Like, yeah. I'm like, very impatient." And he goes, "No." And he goes, "Um, you know, I'll throw you a rope." And he goes, "I don't trust you." He goes, "By the, I swear on the soul of my father, you shall travel the cliffs." And the great thing is, this—he his his manner changes from playfully murderous yeah. to just, "I, I'm serious now." And. Yeah. Roberts stops immediately and says, throw the rope because he gets it immediately. It's a lovely yeah. connection. Yeah. There's no banter. It like- yeah. Yeah. There's like immediate
1: I, trust then, isn't there?
0: Yes, yeah, like, I believe you. I know you're being yeah. serious, throw me the yeah. rope. So, so they, yeah. they get up and they, they, basically, it even gives them a chance to have a breather so he can be ready to fight. But um,
1: well, it's gotta be about respect, hasn't it? It's gotta it be- matches
0: very much and so they, they both, again, they, they face off, draw their fencing swords and then begin what has now entered legend as one of the greatest uh, fencing scenes of all time, um, which is fair to say because they, they really go at it. It's a, it's a cracking scene. There's long cuts. There's, you know, there's good fencing moves here. They jump and they're both the- left-handed. And they're both they're left-handed. not
1: left-handed, are they?
0: Well, we, we know that, uh, that um, Inigo isn't left-handed because he already said I'll have to use my left hand to make it, you know, give myself a challenge. Yeah. And, but as uh, a fair. Yeah, so Inigo is like, oh, you've got the better of me, but there's one thing I know you don't know. I'm not left-handed, <laughs> 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 and he fences, so he switches sword and fences him up. and then um, Red Pot Roberts goes, I'm not left-handed either, and switches that the the jolt. But uh, eventually, of course, Roberts gets the upper hand. Um, but he can't possibly kill Negan Montoya because he's far too you know. I'd sooner kill a stain, I'd smash a stained glass window yeah. than kill a kill a man of your um your skill. So he just knocks him unconscious and continues his way. Um, and then we come to so obviously, bit by bit, he's coming up with the henchman. Fezzik is now left to deal with him. Um, who's and he's a cheery trap, too. He just says, Look, I could, I could (laughs) smash you at him with a rock, but come on, let's just, let's just wrestle instead. Uh, and Fezzik, yeah, that
1: scene made it maybe jump out my skin. There's a scene (laughs) where it's kind of, it's a It's a a quick cut and then suddenly a rock smashes next to his head. And I I literally literally (laughs) jumped out of my skin. I mean, I've I've watched some pretty horrendous horror films and that made me jump out of my skin. I wasn't expecting it. We should say
0: Fezic is is relentlessly cheerful. He's a, he's an absolute he gentle giant. Yeah. And we should say, yeah, of of given these three outlaws are there to to commit murder and start war. Vizini is the only one who's actually evil.
1: Um, the yeah, other that, two are he, just yeah. Highlings. He's the strategist, isn't he? Yeah,
0: and he's he's berating the two hirelings as well. He's saying you know yeah. that um, Inigo was a drunk and Fezic um, yeah. was a was a nobody, and he's basically constantly having a go with them. And Inigo and Fezzik have this you know, lovely relationship where they like when Fezzik is berated for being stupid and brainless, Indigo will kind of pop up and, and just kind of um teach him. He, they have a little game where they rhyme things. Like, I'm yeah. sure he doesn't mean any harm, but he's very short on charm. <laughs> and you can yeah. just see that he's doing it just to cheer up Fezzik and yeah. give him a bit of yeah. self-worth. And the two of them have a nice rapport. Um, notwithstanding, Fezzik's still there to kill Wesley, but Wesley managed to basically jump on his back and put him in a sleeper hold um, and uh, just, you know, lies him down there. And you think, uh, d- dream dream of large women. Mm. Yeah. So, uh so now having bested two of the three, it's now for the final showdown of Vicini, who, uh, who again has got Princess Buttercup at knife point, so uh, nothing can be done. Yeah. But, it's uh...
1: good as well, because Vicini uh, is the only one you want to, to die oh god <laughs> he, yes. you know he's oh he's a pompous and wallace sean plays it really well
0: yeah not that he's not fun to watch he's immensely oh, no. fun to watch um yeah. but, but he's, he's got his comeuppance coming yeah sean is is absolutely sneering and shrieking yeah. at this yeah. um and he's basically just saying you know are you you can beat the swordsman you can beat the giant but you will not beat my wits mm. so um robert sets up this trick where he's poisoned a, a goblet of wine and uh Vassini has to guess which one contains the poison vasini goes off on some wild trails of logic <laughs> uh, thinks he's bet and him and glugs back the wine and he's still laughing his head off as he collapses because yeah. of course Roberts has poisoned both of them. He's immune to the poison himself, um, which is not quite. So, well, I suppose it's the best way of winning with your brains. You just you stack yeah. the odds so you can't lose. Yeah, um, exactly. So there we go. So uh, we've uh, we've he's he's now he's now in possession of the princess bride. So uh, he's he's quite cold with that. He's uh, but yeah. uh, he's he's now.
1: Well, yeah, we we don't really know who he is, do we?
0: Well, he's wearing yeah. a mask, you see, yeah, and uh, exactly. yeah. Um. So, uh, he's uh, but he, he's he seems to budget because he keeps berating her for being a uh, a false. You know, he's uh, how you you, you uh, always said I oh, yes I knew Wesley. He said he loved you and how he would weep now if he known what a false uh, woman you'd been. You, you lie, la la. So he's having he's having a white girl there. At which point, um, she pushes him off a hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's had an
1: And as um, he goes down, he says, "As you wish." As you yeah. wish. And then she realizes.
0: Yeah, my poor Wesley, so she jumps off the hill as well. I think at this point, yeah, um Humpenick has been pursuing their trail ever since. So he's riding after them. Um but they What uh, I
1: hadn't realised at this point here is that um that scene when they're falling down the cliff and then yeah. they end up at the bottom of this um, dale walking into the distance is filmed at Rathkill Dale, which is about five miles from where I live. Oh, and it, really? I went there a few weeks ago without even realising.
0: There you go. So you and Emma were not tempted to recreate the scene? I, I didn't know. Oh, well, had you know, I'm sure she'd have loved to push you down the cliff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she'd fight anyway.
0: <laughs> I did look at the the actually we had, we did ask where's this filmed because yeah it, did, it yeah. Had, a, had an English look to it but um
1: it is it's, it was filmed in the Peak District and a lot of a uh-huh. uh, lot, lot of the film was done done in the Peak District yeah
0: oh, so does the Peak District have rodents of unusual size?
1: <laughs> it does.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers they're coming up yeah, so Humperdinck yeah, yeah. Humperdinck and we should mention uh, Count Rugen his henchman um played with. Absolutely, deadpan dead glee by uh, was it um, Christopher Guest? Yeah. Uh, who I think again is he the most um most appearing in uh, Rob Reiner's films?
1: Probably because uh, he's in a few Good Men, isn't he?
0: Yeah, obviously in Spinal Tap.
1: He's in Spinal Tap. He's in this. Was I'm Not sure if he was in when Harry met Sally.
0: Yeah, but there we are, Yeah. yeah he's, anyway, he's in, he's in, a, <laughs> he's few, in a few, uh, <laughs> and he's he's very funny in this. Yeah, we'll, we'll come we'll come. to him. But um, yeah, I mean, Humperdinck is is the proper pantomime villain he's going to like puffing himself up and all this kind of stuff and Rookin is just there um pale face and deadpan and everything is yeah. just like oh well I guess we'll have to pursue them then won't we <laughs> that's
1: a very cunning plan
0: yes well done your highness yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> this is why you would have just goes look I'm trying to start a war murder my bride I'm swamped well if you don't have your health you really don't have anything <laughs> You take care of yourself, Mikey, <laughs> your highness. Um, we've revealed now what what Humperdinck's evil plan is. He he is of course the one who hired Masini to do all this because he wants to start a war with Florin. Um, so uh, yeah, poor old Butchcap is just collateral. He plans he planned for her to die, and now he plans to re- recover her so he can kill her herself and start the war. Um, what a swine! But uh, before that can happen, is um. Roberts, now Wesley to be revealed, um, is taking Buttercup through the uh, the fire swamps um, to get away from their pursuers. Uh, they they have some adventure in the fire swamps.
1: <laughs> they, there's fire, there there's are swamps. Fire. There are swamps and there's, and there's
0: rodents uh, of unusual size, Yeah, <laughs> are hilarious on so many levels. <laughs> partly because uh, their name, partly because... Um, Wesley is, is quite difficult. We've avoided the fire, we've avoided the quicksand, and the only third thing is roads of usual size. And it's like, but I don't think they exist. At which point, what can only be described as a small man in a rat costume launches
1: himself at Wesley, and they have an almighty fight. I <laughs> think I think it's it's the one scene that possibly could push it up to a fifteen certificate
0: because it's quite violent, or oh, he's biting him and everything. Yeah, I mean the uh, yeah yeah it's um. It, apart a the fact. It's it's both layers Yeah, it's quite vicious too. The rodent is going for it. The eighties
1: were a different time, weren't
0: they? Oh, they were. um But <laughs> having defeated that, yeah, defeat the room by setting it on fire and stabbing yeah. it repeatedly.
1: This is a kids' yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stabbing that goes on a bit later in the film oh as well. Just goodness, arms yeah. getting stabbed and stuff. Oh my god! Yes, yeah,
0: yes, yes.
1: um <laughs> I mean, yeah, for a kids' film.
0: Yeah. But they stagger out, but they are now surrounded by uh, Humperdinck and Roygan and their armed men. So uh, there is no hope. Um, and Wesley's prepared to make a go of it because he's well right for fighting. Yeah. But Buttercup, having seen the crossbows aimed at him, thinks he's probably not crossbow proof. Um, cuts a deal again to say, I will marry you, Humperdinck, if you um, if you spare Wesley. And I don't think Wesley takes his betrayal. Um, no, he I looks a bit hurt. It, but look. she's saying, look, I, I, I had the power to save you. Yeah. I, can't, I can't see you dead again. Um, yeah. And uh, and true level will find a way. They keep repeating this, like oh, it's yeah, it's true level We'll get together and this kind of stuff. Um, so there we are. So Wesley, uh, so Wesley the the deal is, but Cap will marry him, and Humberty, And Wesley will be escorted to his, his ship and set free. That doesn't happen.
1: No, yeah. No, instead, into despair. Instead,
0: the pit of despair <laughs> with uh, the the uh, the albino dungeon played by Mel Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the uh, and on with his uh, his machine, which um, which siphons life out of people, which yeah. is so hideous. Um, so where are we again? Around?
1: Again for a children's film.
0: Oh right, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's pretty grim.
0: So in the meantime, uh, to connect to the uh, what you'd call the A and B plots, um, Humperdinck, for no real reason, orders that the thieves' forest be cleared out by a brute squad. Yeah. Um, and so we've been now kept to the thieves' forest, which contains um, a drunken Inigo Montoya, who has again been left uh, aimless and has fallen back on his ways. Um, and uh, and Fezzik who has been uh, recruited to the boot squad so these two meet up again because uh, Montoya is refusing to leave and Fezzik is you know, obviously gonna, not going to hurt his friends they team up yeah. however we have actually uh, Mr. Cruciper is that Montoya is not just a drunken swordsman he is questing relentlessly for a six-fingered man
1: yeah. well his life is a quest isn't it to his... find the person that killed his father a yes, six-fingered his... man
0: yes his father was a great swordsman the six-fingered man ordered a sword and then killed his father and then uh, well gave Inigo Montoya who was a young boy at the time? Two scars and uh, and laughed at him. So Montoya spent the next twenty years learning for, to be a master fencer and uh, and looking for the six fingered man, who coincidentally we've seen Count Roygan has six fingers on his hand. Westy spotted this. Yeah. How this information came to Fezzik, I'm not quite sure, but Fezzik knows a lot because he, he, he tells he tells he tells. Um, he tells uh, Montoya all about the six-fingered man and the wedding and the buttercup and everything. And Montoya now is—he uh,
1: is... needs to find Wesley.
0: Yeah, Montoya's fired back into life now. He knows yeah. fi- he thinks he's uh, close to his vengeance. Um, so he needs to—he f- but they can't storm the castle because there's there's like thirty men on the gates, and uh, Montoya yeah. can take ten, and Fezzik can take ten. They need—they need—they need someone clever as Vassini. Yeah. And I think the only person cleverer than Vassini must be the masked man because he beat Vassini. So uh, they they find Wesley. However, but they Wesley,
1: don't know where he is.
0: They don't know where he is. Of oh, the uh, the magical, the, the the spirit of his father leads him to where the dungeons is <laughs> <out>. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um.
0: But it's too late by this point because Humperdinck, in uh, having basically learned that Buttercup um, is just doesn't like him very much. Basically, she's a. Uh, I think she was um. Buttercup said, you know, I'm actually, I'm in love with Wesley. Can we call off the wedding? And Hempernick's like, yeah, of course. And he goes, yeah. kill Wesley. So, <laughs> so he races down, cranks up this life-sucking machine to its maximum and sucks all of Wesley's life out in one big go. Um, and before he says, by the way, Buttercup really loves you. I'm robbing you the chance of true love. Live with that. Ha ha, ha. So uh, Wesley lets out a cry of anguish, which Inigo and Fezzik follow down until they uh, they discover where the dungeon is, find Wesley's corpse. But yeah. uh, they He's think- almost dead. He's almost dead. They think um, maybe a miracle can save him. So they take yeah. him to Miracle Max, played by, uh, by Billy Crystal. Crystal. Um, and it's an interesting thing because he's in heavy, heavy makeup. Oh, yeah, he is. Um, and you get that really kind of um, uncanny valley when a young man yeah. is in a person's makeup. Yeah. It's weird. It doesn't weird.
1: quite look right, does it? You no. Know,
0: and yet, for some reason, Mel Smith looked spot on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as, as a hideous <laughs> albino. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Mel Smith was fine, but Billy Crystal's like, oh, this is a bit weird. Anyway, he's very funny. Carol
1: Kane as well. It was Carol Kane? a bit weird yeah
0: i think maybe it's the mouth at all the energy yeah. It's, yeah it's the energy of a young person In a, with a... Uh,
1: that's exactly it's the it's the movement it's the movement the energy the style it doesn't quite work with the makeup
0: no you get the uncanny valley um yeah but nonetheless um miracle max uh is, he's just <laughs> it's quite he's a funny in...
1: scene though oh
0: yeah he's just mostly dead he's not yeah. actually dead <laughs>
1: Is uh, Billy Crystal playing his most Jewish character? Yes, I was <laughs> going to say that.
0: Apparently they kept having to stop because the, the director, they were cracking up. Really? And I think um, uh, Inigo Montoya, the actor playing Inigo Montoya, who was, um, what's his name?
1: Mandy uh, Patinkin.
0: Mandy Patinkin. He took his, his only injury on set was when he tried to hold in his laughter this scene. Really? And he and he cracked a rib or something. What? <laughs> or he strained his rib or something because he was trying so hard not to shake the laughter. Oh, That's brilliant. Um, uh, so yeah, so, uh, so Miracle Max, uh, having basically he got fired by Humperting, so he hates him anyway, so he's well up for the course. So he makes a magic pill that does bring mostly dead Wesley back, um, yeah. although by degrees, he's, uh, he's yeah. first his head wakes up, um, but his body is still limp, so he's been dragged around by Fezzik a lot. Um, and with the aid of a wheelbarrow and a large cloak, they managed to make it's physical... The,
1: even it's the, the Holocaust cloak, it's I, called.
0: That's a strange name for Can you say a really big cloak? Maybe it has some, like, a medieval term, because, of course, Holocaust was a name before the Holocaust.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I but think you, it's, it it's, the Holocaust, it's like a, um, it's like a, ter- a terrifying cloak that you wear that, that gives you the impression of being supernatural and all this kind of weird stuff yeah. as well. But I think he was, which, so just, which it works. Just, just call it a big cloak. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, it, yeah Just nowadays, just call it a big cloak. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, but uh, nonetheless, um, with the aid of his big cloak and uh, and the wheelbarrow, Fezzik is able to scare off all the guards, um, with with the exception of the uh, the gatekeeper, um, until they arrive with the sword. He goes, "Give me the key. I don't have a key. You get the sword." I don't, "Oh, you mean this key?" And he's, the gatekeeper just hands over the key. So they're in. Our, our Bander inside now. Um, at which point they basically split up and head for their various revenges. So, uh, so, uh, Indigo finds Roygan, um, but not before Basically, basically, he sends all his guards against him, who Montoya immediately dispatches. And then Roigin thinks, yeah, I'm off. So he runs yes. away. <laughs> Roigin is very practical because then when Indigo is chasing him, he flings a dagger at his, his stomach. Yeah, he is, And yeah. Inigo is, is on the point of death now. And, um, and Roygan is like, oh, you chased, you spent your entire life trying to yeah. catch me and now you fail. That's so sad. <laughs> but Montoya, with the, with the mantra of the thing, he'd always want to say, saying, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepare to die. Yeah, he, uh, he gears himself up and he outfences fences Roygan despite carrying many wounds. Um, And then just again, has the, delivers the best coup de grace. He's like, he's got Rogen now at his mercy. He's. he's pinked him in his arms and his his legs. He's scarred his face, and it's like, you know, offer me money and he goes, I'll yeah. offer you money, offer me power, anything, anything, offer me anything I want. I'll give you anything. I want my father back. You son of a bitch.
1: Yeah, they just is.
0: runs it through. Oh, it's yes. a fantastic. Yeah, story. yeah. Um, and then you uh, you get to to Wesley, who still um, he found Buttercup, um, but he's still he's flat on the bed now because he because <laughs> <laughs> he can't move or can he? Um, at which point Humpenick comes in and is just like, you know, I'll uh, I have to kill you again now. And um, Wesley basically outbluffs him just. Saying you know we'll, we'll fight to the pain. I'll mutilate you. I'll cut you to pieces. Um, maybe uh, maybe I can't move. Maybe I'm still stuck here, but maybe I can get up and walk. And um, Humperdinck basically takes no chances because yeah. Wesley goes on and on about what what a mess he's going to make of Humperdinck with his sword. And uh, as so Humperdinck yeah thinks I've had enough <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and basically he surrenders to his own cowardice and is left alive to live yeah. with his own cowardice. Yeah. Whilst uh, Wesley Buttercup uh, Fezzik, and to go uh, ride right into the, the sunset. Um, Wesley and Wesley Cup have a sunset kiss, and uh, and then the uh, we cut back to uh, to the boy and his grandfather finishing the story, and the boy's like, oh well, you think we could have that story again tomorrow? And of course, the grandfather, as he leaves the door, says, as you wish. Ah, oh, lovely. Cut to credits. Fantastic. There go. But yeah, how long did we take to tell a story that everyone has heard already
1: <laughs> Well uh i'd say 30 minutes
0: not too bad not too bad well <laughs> worth anyone's time <laughs> apparently there was uh, we'll come to we'll come to the acting up the, yeah. the the final kiss was um uh carrie elway's and robin wright uh took quite a shine to each other and that, that oh, added a lot to their chemistry on set and apparently during the the final kiss scene they kept finding um excuses why they had to reshoot it
1: oh
0: uh, cheeky it was a kissing movie all
1: along oh it was it was very good well done Hugh. Great. there we As go as
0: always. As, as always. Well, thank you. So, uh, yes, in less time than it takes an elderly man to tell his grandson a book. Uh, although can, can although point, probably not. Point of note, this book is treated like an heirloom. He's like, uh, yeah. but my my father read this to me when I was. I've got Billy Crystal here. That's not that's not oh at that <laughs> My father read this to me when I was a boy. <laughs> um, he said, my father read this when I was a boy and I read it to your father when he was when he was sick. And now I'm reading it to you. Um, well,
1: why isn't his father reading it? To
0: yeah. You? Firstly, he skipped a generation. He's, yeah. he's, he's jumped the key there. His dad is probably waiting. Thinking, Here's my my boy's sick. He's ready to hear The Princess yeah. Bride. Here he's we... at
1: work, though, isn't he? And Granddad isn't.
0: <laughs> it's a Christmas review. is a Santa Claus on the, on the wall. It's a, it's a Christmas. It is, yeah,
1: here. it is a Christmas.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but what are we saying? So, yes, he. So I'm also thinking the ad doesn't add up because we know when The Princess Bride was written and it wasn't in like 1900.
1: <laughs> no, that's true.
0: When in, but... in the 80s, when young Peter Falk was a boy, you're talking be at least 60 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. this book doesn't
1: predate the Hobbit. No, but is is the book in the film? It's the Princess Bride. Yes, yeah, it is the Princess Bride. But have you read the book?
0: I have not. No, I've seen so the I, movie. To read book movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, what I don't know. See, this is the thing I was intrigued by. Yeah, is the framing device in the film in the book?
0: No. This is the thing we can come to say that for the themes. Okay. But, uh, but also yeah the the book was written by William Golding who was on yes. set. So I think some of the stuff is verbatim ah.
1: um,
0: from the book as as my guess but um I do know that the scenes match like there there is a a fire swamps and there are roads of unusual size and yeah. this. Kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's in the book but um so the only logical conclusion is this scene is set in the future. Fred Savage is is probably you know he's probably yet, yet to be born. <laughs> oh my god. Look at that. There we go. <laughs> So the computer game he's playing, the really rubbish computer game from the like, Zakatari is just just a retro thing. It's well, what he's got that on Steam. Oh yeah,
1: it could be, couldn't it? There you go. I think you've thought too much about this. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've cracked it. <laughs> After all but, these years. But like what's the what's the point of cracking it? <laughs> <laughs> what's the
0: point in making a film and setting it forty years in the future with the same trappings as the nineteen eighties? Yeah. We may never know.
1: <laughs> no and i don't think anyone would ever want to know but that's not the point is it
0: point is we will we'll will take a short <laughs> break uh at which point um it's allow you to have a, a glass of milk possibly a sandwich as uh as fred savage who wasn't that sick i think he was probably faking it towards the end yeah. i think it was maybe a school day the next day
1: yeah um, although christmas though maybe it was next day was the first day back at school yeah you did yeah a few games yeah. of the atari baseball whatever it was
0: yeah. i'm not feeling very well do you think <laughs> i should go back
1: um <laughs> <laughs> I used to get six weeks off school once for being pulling the sickie Six what? weeks? Yeah, oh yeah. That's a that's another story for another day, Hugh. <laughs> that's another story for another day. To the point where I had quite a lot of hospital tests. And it was all it was all fake. <laughs> yeah. I hope my mum doesn't listen to this <laughs> podcast because she'll be absolutely distraught. But yeah, six weeks off school. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I went to the hospital I had to have physiotherapy. I went it was amazing. <laughs> I think we've just earthed a piece of the puzzle here <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. anyway that's let's just i'll leave that hanging we'll talk yeah, about we, we, yeah we, we
0: can end on nothing worse than that game so we'll take a break and we'll come back to our film <laughs> welcome back dear listener where we continue the princess bride and uh, having told you the story you already know we will now give you our impressions on that so uh James, perhaps you'd like to kick off. Uh, what do you? What did you make of the Prince of? Venue? You said you only see it twice. Is that twice ever?
1: Yeah, this what? is the, yeah, This is the this... second time I've ever seen it. What's the matter with you? But, well, this is, so. Here's the thing, as well, right? Yeah. I, I watched it, yeah, yonks ago. I mean, it was, it was when I was, when I was a kid. I watched it. I mean, I've really? I not seen. I haven't seen this for nigh on thirty years. I don't think, honestly absolutely insane um and the thing is when I I, I I had a bit of a blocker to this because i, I didn't particularly or well, i remember not enjoying it that much wow. when i was little um or a, a smaller anyway um because i don't really know what I, th- I think at the time that this was released i was more into the serious fairy tale stories like oh, yeah. and I mean what I'm gonna say now is completely ridiculous because none of these are serious fairy tale <laughs> stories but nevertheless something like never ending story would be <laughs> much more up my street because it took it seriously um you know legend it took it seriously uh labyrinth I mean labyrinth maybe didn't take it seriously but it wasn't a it wasn't a satire or comment I it it's
0: it's funny, funny enough do you know what this was exactly the thought I had watching it this time around is that this film Came smack back in the middle of dark fantasy. You had the films you mentioned: The exactly. Legend, The Dark Crystal, Never-ending story, the, dark Crystal. Odd, well, early, the Dark yeah. Crystal. Yeah, The Dark Crystal. Um, Even, again,
1: Willow,
0: Even Willow. Even Willow.
1: Willow is maybe a lighter we, film, but it's not a comedy
0: no but then this is incredibly
1: light fantasy it's, it's
0: yeah it's it doesn't take itself seriously it's well, funny it's humorous think, it's winking a i think little that's bit.
1: the point all those other films that i've referenced there all take themselves very seriously. doesn't mean that they're bad but oh, they no. take themselves very seriously and when at that period of time i was watching films for the seriousness but there's was also dark fantasy well, yeah. this father it, have you seen never-ending story you must watch it <laughs> you know you think when looking back on it now i think give me Give me the Princess Bride over never Ending story
0: any day. But <laughs> well, probably the reason I've seen the Princess Bride so much actually is when I first met my good lady wife, she hadn't seen it, so I instantly got the DVD so we could watch it together. So, but yeah. it's like you've never seen it, we must watch it together. I want, yeah. to, see, I, I want to experience someone watching for the first time, and that kind of stuff. But um, and obviously, well, obviously it's, yeah. it's a great litmus test for how someone feels about the Princess Bride. Whether you want to continue the relationship. Well, well
1: that's true. Yeah. So I but, think I think I think I I had a I think I had built up a bit of a. Oh yeah the princess Bride is one of those films that's really overrated. everyone mm. loves it, but I don't think it's that good yeah, yeah. and but but um the re- the reality of the situation is now i'm an adult um it's it's exactly the film that I want it to be yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost it's flipped completely to to being a film that's um perfect for my adult sensibility i don't w- i want a film about fantasy that doesn't take itself too serious because the genre shouldn't really take itself too seriously but I, I, still, want I, film- I,
0: still, I still like never a story in dark crystal and
1: all that. Like i do as, as, well, as well but i do as well but yeah yeah I, I do but they feel like they are children's films and i don't think this is a children's film i think children really, i, I think enjoy this yeah I think this is.
0: I think this is more. Well, this is. I, I've I've watched this with my kids and they've liked it. I have yet to inflict Dark Crystal: Return oh, to Oz yeah, anything like that true. on them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, right, the, yeah. It's not called dark fantasy for nothing. No. Interestingly, the thing the re- I I started thinking about this because why it was so different. I think the reason it gets away with it in a decade when it was. You know, I mean. I can't think of any, any other, many other light fantasies like this. It's, it's yeah. there was a very strong trend of at least the movies that you remember. Maybe there were a few that didn't survive the test of time. And while you watch them in a future weekend at Crumbies, yeah, maybe, but yeah, um, that Hawk, the Slayer and Krell and everything. Yeah, the Conan,
1: ones, the barbarian.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So all that kind of stuff. I think it's the framing device is inspired. Not only, I think is it, yeah. you said it's a very touching story. I think it excuses how it can be a light fantasy because, quite, you, because you've got, yeah. you've got the narrator, Breaking character or breaking the the character of the film and mm. chatting about it like is this a kissing film? And then you know yeah. when it, when when the eels who are you know are quite they're quite they're quite expert the, the the shrieking eels are about to eat Buttercup. They're funny in a way that you know they're obviously like rubber eels, but yes.
1: they yeah, they're, but they're, they're not though are they? They're quite sinister. They're, the music quite sinister.
0: I remember yeah. seeing the clip of this like in the trailer. When I was it, thinking this is a scary film. Um, but then it breaks to Peter Fort going you look a little scared and Fred Savage is like, his eyes was bigger big as saucer, saying, I'm not yeah.
1: scared. <laughs> I, I, I
0: could stop that if you're scared. I'm not, I'm not scared. So it, yeah. it,
1: it, and it's uh, the same thing in, in the, in, in the fire swamp as well. Yeah. That, when, when the, the, the rats have, uh, you know, so that, it's the same thing there. It's, that's a bit scary, isn't it?
0: Yeah. But even, but you know, even all the act like during the action, it's like um, halfway through Fred Savage is like, is Buttercup going to marry Humperdinck? That's not right, yeah. Grandpa, read yeah, the story happen. right. Yeah. yeah. And so you get all this, kind of, which is, so what you get is an adult figure reassuring the audience: yeah. it's going to be okay. Don't worry, kids. I know, yeah, I know it's true. scary, but it's she didn't get eaten. So the moment you know, and um, and that I think allows the film to be light and in many ways silly in the way that it is. Yeah, in a way yeah, that you're
1: right. If if with the
0: way that yeah, Dark Crystal is, I mean, it is a fantastic film, but it's relentlessly its own well, film.
1: All of those films are. Are good in their own way, yeah, You know, I like yeah. I'm I, I, I prefer Labyrinth, for example, to, to The Dark Crystal. It's not really a dark oh, I love that.
0: I love that, yeah.
1: I love it I think it's a cracking film, and but it, it it's a, it's a it feels like a different just a different genre to this, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, but that there's there's other thi- there's other types of films from the 80s where you have kind of y- you get it's in the kind of fantasy environment, I suppose. They might be lighter in tone, but they still involve um troops of characters that, yeah. But, and I think this, I think the Princess Bride does it better than them as well. So I'm thinking of something like The, the Adventures of Baron Munchhausen, yeah. which is fantastical, right? But it, does, it doesn't work anywhere near as good as this. But there's a collection of characters, this ragtag band. Yeah. um that Time bandits. Of, even the time bandits think this is better than the time bandits, right? Yeah. Um, but
0: uh, yeah, but if you think you think about it, how these how these other films are divided up. If you look at Time Bandits, Never Ending Story Labyrinth, you've got a modern person, a modern child or teenager in true, yeah. And, yeah, they cross, and they cross and yeah. they even cross over us, they, they yeah. cross over, or you've got a world that's entirely self-contained, yeah, like um the dark crystal, which is its own world. Yeah. This is the first time you have because Two, the, 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 the yeah you have two the grandson yeah. and the grandfather never cross into the world other than reading the story it's of just it. a story it's just to them it's just a story and it always will yeah. be and in the world of, 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 Flo, 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 of florin and gilders it's entirely real to them and i think that's quite unique too you have two self-contained stories that don't cross over it's not like um fred savage will appear in in the, in the castle no, and go hey no. it's I'm, impossible I'm because it's a story yeah yeah and yeah. it's and it's not crossing over in that fantastical way which is it Again, I'm trying to think, There's been, yeah, obviously, the use of a framing device, Disney did it all the time, a book will open and yeah, the story will begin. Yeah. So that's not unique. But the fact that you have two, I guess, two to Narrative arcs running because there is a narrative arc with the grandson and the grandfather. There is. They, yeah. they, start, they start off at one point. They go yeah. on a journey and they end up at yeah. a, final, a different
1: point. And and they both. I mean, e- even the framing device. I mean, the the on screen time for the framing device must yeah. be what ten minutes, maybe yeah. if that. But yeah. in, in that ten minutes, it's still like a short story, isn't it? And you Absolutely, still get yeah. you get the characters, you get the you get the. And I I agree, it's moving. The ending yeah. is moving for that, yeah. but. So, yes, actually, I, 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 I think I agree with you. I think it is more of a children's film because of that. It's safer, actually, yeah. because there's always an opportunity to come back to the real world. Um, whereas In, sa- in it, safety? Yeah, in safety, yeah. a never-ending
0: story or labyrinth. Uh, you come back to the real world and then a goblin will pop out of a hole somewhere and grab you, yeah,
1: which absolutely. is almost
0: more terrifying. E-
1: even though I think some of the – even though this is this, – I can see this appealing more to adults because it's funny – Right? Yeah, yeah, and in, it's kind of adult. Well, it's not adult humor. It's it's not adult humor. It's just funny, right? It's 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 universal. Yeah,
0: well, for example, again, Billy Crystal. <laughs> he's, I mean, a, a child thinks is the funny little wizard guy, but yeah. his his mannerisms is so much like you know the the New York Jewish comedian. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, yeah, it's
0: funny on a different level. And I, and yeah. well, actually, we haven't come on some of the cameos, like um, Peter at
1: Um Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Like marriage. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, it's. F- it's funny in itself. So I think yeah. if you, if you were a, a child watching it, you'd find the noise, his voice, funny. Yeah. But when you grow up, you know it. You know what you know who Peter Cook is as well. So
0: not Peter too. Peter Cook. I, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Peter yeah. Cook, sorry, is, is the Archbishop. And yeah, so yeah. as soon as you, as soon as we zoom in on the, bit, he is he's the officiator of the wedding, yeah. or the non-wedding, Humperdinck and Buttercup. And as soon as you zoom in and see him in his cassock, not settling a word, just yeah. kind of rolling his eyes and waiting for his moment.
1: Something's going to happen.
0: Yeah. And the first yeah. thing he has is,
1: marriage. <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious. But here's, here's the other thing as well. So, I think so. One of the other reasons why this works so well as as a as a comedy, I guess, is because it's it, yes, it's funny, but it's also quite controlled. Yeah. Um, so th- this could fall into a kind of Mel Brooks style farce, I think, yeah. if it's not yeah. careful. And I've got nothing against Mel Brooks films per se, but this. I'm thinking of something like Robin Hood in tights, right? Yes. Which yes. would be a bit, bit too over the top, um, prestige of what I think. Uh, the, the, although this is, although this is kind of breaking the mold and kind of twisting the narrative genre, it's still very, um, it's still very, it's. I can't think what the word is, but it, it, it's not taking the Mickey out of the genre. It's actually in in homage to the genre, isn't it? As yeah, well, right. that's yeah, why I think mean, this that's... is a very positive story.
0: Yeah, I think. Again VM. The, the the what what keeps it on the right side is the heart of the movie. Because there there is funny That's, it's, it's the like, heart. You've hit the yeah. nail
1: on the head there, it's the heart. Yeah.
0: Because there's this yeah. I mean the rodents of unusual size is hilarious. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, when when in Fezic nurses it to go back to health, he's basically dunking him in barrels yeah. of water. Yeah. To, like, yeah, yeah, waterboards yeah. him. It's it's funny stuff in there and it's st- and like, even miracle Max is like, I've made you a pill, the chocolate <laughs> makes it taste nicer. <laughs> and, and, and and Mel Mel Smith is the torture going, You're in the pit of and he just gets yeah. his throat. Uh-huh. Sorry, you're in the pit of despair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So it it is like little winks in it, but what it what well, it's got lose, farcical moments, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, what it doesn't lose is the heart. Like the the, for instance, Inigo Montoya, his his story, because it, basically it, it there are two arcs. We come into the story of it. Inigo Montoya has an arc. He's a, yeah. It is a it is a for what is essentially a B plot of the movie. It's fantastic. You can't t- tear your eyes from it. It's, no, uh, you're right. It's an incredible heart of yeah. of the fact he is he's pursuing his quest, yeah. um, to to avenge himself and complete his life's work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think also Buttercup has a good arc too. She she goes again, She's the one who goes to change. Um, Wesley almost by necessity. Is is quite a cipher. He he starts off as the person who just loves her at the beginning. Yeah. Then he's yeah. kind of the Errol Flynn character who can defeat anyone to rescue her. And even when he goes through the mill, he's he's still quite cool about the whole thing. Yeah, um, he is.
1: But but even, yeah, you're right. But even that though, the, 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 the story of how he became the Dread Pirate Robert is quite funny. You know, oh, yeah. the fact that there's lots of them and yeah. they just retire. But this the important thing is the name because even that has heart, doesn't it? There's a lot of craft in this, I think. So you know, even even those throwaway lines or the, the the bits that connect the bits together are done in a way that it, it, it's not throwaway, right? There's nothing throwaway about it. That the, the um, Vicini uh, logic game that that's played is hilarious, um, not not because it's simply a play on words or or, or a logic exercise. It's hilarious because it cuts through Vicini's pompousness
0: yeah, as well yeah.
1: right it's perfect for his particular death as it were um so i think it's, it's really clever it's really clever it's done in a way that has that framework it's solid and within the framework you can play around with it a bit you can have a farcical bit you can have silliness but at the heart of it is a story where you care for the characters don't you you care yeah. for the characters they're sweet but they have they have soul and it's a film that's ninety minutes long with lots of characters. Each of them has their bit. Yeah, yeah. Clever, clever, clever stuff.
0: Yeah, it is really good. And again, it's um, I think the casting is very good. But yeah, the the way it's told. I mean, we again, we the whole point of looking at this run is look at Rob Reiner's things. He's good with characters. He he's he is. great at making you care about characters with with limited tools. Again, with again, not much screen time and oh, and great. and only a few scenes. He he gets you into the characters and makes you care about them really quickly and well, stick with it. Right.
1: Yeah, the film works hard for its laughs, doesn't it? But it, it, it never does it at the expense of the characters. The yeah. ca- I almost feel like with Rob Reiner's films, the ones that we've watched so far, it, character is paramount. And he he almost understands that if you want to make a film that you believe in, that you connect with... It can be the funniest film in the world. You can have lots of humor in it, but if you don't believe in the characters, it's it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. And it's in that case, you'd almost describe him as an actor's director, but that generally means you're giving the actors lots of scenes to do and lots of, yeah. of business to play with and this kind of stuff. But it's not that at all. It's it's it's, it's about I, I think pushing it's a story. the story. Story, yeah, but also having yeah, the story Getting the story and the actor together, actually, yeah, to get a yeah. really good character. So it's more like an audience's director. <laughs> he gives you characters you can walk away with.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think you know, if if we do if we're doing a review of, of Rob Reiner, uh, th- this film is another example of a film where his direction is very unflashy. Um, th- there aren't there aren't styles and cues as part of his story. I don't think you could tell that this was a Rob Reiner film. You wouldn't know. The markers of it, except that the more of Rob Reiner that we watch, particularly in this run, um, the more I realise that he almost brings together the structure with a solid script, a good story, good actors, and he builds that characterization. So you're watching a film, almost, almost you care. Yeah, yeah you just care and so that that's what I get out of it and I think this is so I was looking into Rob Reiner a bit more and I think this is synonymous with him a little bit he's never been nominated for an Oscar for directing or writing ever and yet yeah. when you look at the films we're watching this is Spinal Tap The Sure Thing Stand By Me The Princess Bride When Harry Met Sally Misery and A Few Good Men you would think that he would have been nominated for at least one of those yeah But he's never even been nominated. He's been nominated for Best Picture for A Few Good Men, but that was as a producer. Yeah. So in those films as well, you've got um, Kathy Bates won Best Actress for Misery. Yeah. Um, Numerous Oscar nominations for A Few Good Men, Jack Nicholson, Tom Cruise, etc., etc. The Princess Bride wasn't nominated for a single. The only Oscar it was nominated for was for Best Song (laughs) <laughs> which is the no. end the, the okay. storybook story <laughs> by <laughs> willie deville i mean i like the song yeah um you know so you think wow so a guy that has made all of those films and in them you know i don't think all of those films are the best films ever but they all have they they're all you care for them all yeah right never been nominated and i find that astonishing and i think you've hit it he's he, he isn't flashy he just puts together what i think is a really good solid he just knows what a structure of a film needs to look and feel like for it to be emotionally successful
0: yeah to be a good storyteller is quite a rare thing in fact
1: to, yeah a good storyteller but also even even rarer to be a good storyteller but not be the focus of the story yeah yeah you know because i think you know spielbergs a good storyteller yeah. But he's a flashy director as yeah, well. Yeah, his
0: style is unmistakable,
1: yeah. Exactly, really. whereas Ryan seems to be a good storyteller and he's happy to sit in the background yeah. and let, let the characters roll.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking this actually to, to pull back into the framing device too. The movie opens, this really surprised me, despite having seen it so many times. The movie opens on a, a the video game of a baseball computer game. Yeah. So it's a screen of a baseball game, really obviously cruddy graphics and mm. blink, 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 and this kind of stuff. And you're thinking... That's your opening scene for a, a massive fantasy movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it's such a disconnect. It was clearly intentional, um, and yeah. and it's so strange that yeah, he, 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 we begin in the mundane and the recognizable, and then as soon as the book is opened, we're taken off to the fantastical.
1: And again, I think you 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 were re- you, when you were referencing this earlier about the. The framing device as you know, particularly for children is that safety net, that bringing it back into the kind of the real world to ensure that it's it is just a story. And yeah. we're all here enjoying it. We're enjoying Peter Falk reading the story. Yeah. It is. Um, it, it works a treat because of that. It works a treat because of that. Because I, then I almost feel. And, and this is on me more than anything. I almost feel it gives me carte blanche to enjoy the fantasy story because yeah. it's not real yes yeah because it's a story whereas with a lot of fantasy i get a bit exasperated because i think oh, this is ridiculous because <laughs> it, it's obviously presented as truth yes because right? yes. it's a film it's it's a film of what might have happened or whatever whereas this isn't this is a story and so it can and so when when montoya is channeling the soul of his father to find to find out you know etc cetera, etc cetera, yeah well, it doesn't matter because it's a story yeah
0: okay because um because there's a point when Vincy's talking about Australia being full of criminals. Yeah. Can, this is medieval times. They didn't even yeah. found Australia yeah. yet. be thinking, well, he just wrote that in a book, didn't he? <laughs> he <Yeah. laughs> he also wrote that. He made that mistake. But it's in yeah. the story.
1: Yeah. This is it. This is it. So it, it really doesn't matter. It could do whatever it likes. And because of that, I can, I almost, it allows me, the framing device, weirdly, allows me to relax yeah. and go, yeah, okay, I can, I all I need to do is just let this wash over me. Just enjoy the film because it's a story. Yeah. And it's presented as a story and it's meant to be stupid or fantastical or weird because it's Pop Peter Falk reading to Fred Savage. That's fine. Yeah. Whereas if it was just presented as the Princess Bride, and that was it. I think, well, this is this is a deliberately humorous attempt. You know, I don't know. My cynicism would get it would get my back up a bit.
0: Which is interesting because they, you know, they they bought the rights to *The Princess Bride*. They yeah. um they they got William Golding, the writer, in on it, um and you'd think it would be so easy to just film *The Princess Bride*.
1: Well, it, it is, and it makes me wonder why they did the framing device. I mean, it works brilliantly, but why? I think If I'm it's like, not in the book, why did they do it?
0: <laughs> again, I don't know if, I don't know if about the book, but again, I don't think it's as it's certainly not as classical as some the you other. Know, it's not like the Lion the Witch in the wardrobe or the hobbit no. or anything like that. So maybe again that the, the novel is just a bit popcorn y and having having again Peter Falconer narrate some of the bits, you know, get some of the, the nice bits over there, but you can also skip over other parts and this kind of stuff.
1: Well maybe that is it. Yeah, you can skip yeah, and, and again, that that helps as well because there are some bits that they clearly skip over and they, they tell you they're skipping over it.
0: Yeah. But there's they? Yeah. And there was this apparently one scene in, there were no screaming eels when Buttercup leaps into the water, but, uh, but there are apparently sharks and Vicini threatens her by draining his own blood into a cup and pouring it into the water. So she has to come out because the shark's coming, which oh, is right. a bit more vicious.
1: Yeah. It is, um, isn't it?
0: Yeah, And obviously, Whereas in this story, we've just got Vincini pacing around going, inconceivable! <laughs> yeah. um, which again, is yeah. what kids love. It's like the little, little, um, little, little, little angry yeah. man is yeah, getting yeah, angrier yeah, and shouting. Yeah. And is too age for going, go, why, why do you keep saying that word? Um, so yeah, yeah it's absolutely. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think again, we'll come to, um, if we finish with this, on what I think, it, another good point of it, which we've talked about before, is the practical effects. Because this movie is all practical effects. Yeah, um, brilliant. And, yeah. Yeah. again some of them again are just like guys in rat costumes yeah, but that's okay isn't it it is okay so can, because it, we've uh, the things we've already talked about it works but when you know when the practical effects are practical i mean we'll come now to the sword fight um yeah, yeah. this again brilliant. this sword fight i think has been dissected a lot so we don't need to dwell too much on it but it is brilliant it is just it,
1: well. it's one of the best i mean i was thinking there's um when we're watching the um the court jester Yes. a couple of sword fights in that which are fantastic yeah and this they feel similar because they're kind of humorous as well but this one is it's it's almost taking the mickey i mean it is taking the mickey isn't it? that's the point yeah, <laughs> it's as, brilliant. As, as, yeah,
0: yeah brilliant yeah as, as wesley and ago um duel they're referring to the dueling styles they've used yeah. because yeah. it's almost a battle of, of scholarly learning as well yeah, definitely. <laughs> clash, track, clash. and then yeah and then they switch hands and all this kind of stuff and they do somersaults and uh, it's uh it's great and again there's, there's some nice back and forth and it's like who are you i must know and yeah. get used to disappointment some nice scripts in there but you mentioned it was like the um the stuff from the court justice it's because one of the choreographers was bob anderson who oh, is yeah. like the patron saint of duels he fought errol flynn he was like a stunt double really? he, fought, he fought with errol flynn he's Basically starred in and choreographed the lightsaber duels in Star Wars. He's got like a Robin Hood. If you look at his, if you look at his CV, it's any good sword fight you've seen. Bob Anderson has probably got his mitts on it somewhere. Oh, really? So it's a proper kind of through line of from the, the golden age of, of sword fighting to you know like the lightsabers, and Bob anderson has been part of it.
1: And you know what? And again, this is this is to um Rob Reiner's immense credit and the film's immense credit as well. In a fantasy film like this, it could so easily have gone down the road of extravaganza, you know special effects extravaganza, but what it does is it, it trusts the audience to find a sword fight exciting yeah yeah and it, and it is exciting because you you want to know how it 's going to end don 't you <laughs> you want to know who you want to know who these characters are you're yeah. intrigued by them.
0: I mean you, you know that the uh, the the black cl- the black masked man is gonna prevail because that's the rules do, of the see, story. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know he's gonna move forward. Does but you also, you're also you also thinking, you know, this Inigo guy isn't just gonna get beaten aside, surely. Um
1: and, yeah, and I'm sure you think at the start you think, Well this, he's he's a he's a he's a baddie, isn't he? But as as it as it plays out, you think well he's he's not I quite like this I quite yeah, like this indigo guy.
0: Yeah, he's already had a couple of moments of Say, so I'll get yeah. you to the top. Of, you, you take take your breath off. I'll, I'll kill you when you when you're on your feet and this kind of stuff. Yeah, and then they yeah, and then actually Ninigo tells the story of his father for the first time, and you're thinking he's not a baddie at all. No. <laughs> and, and then when they have their duel as well, it's it's a proper, it's like a conversation or an argument because they, yeah. they go back and forth um, yeah. and and they we can see how they're fighting. We, we both know they're left-handed, so they're kind of pulling their punches and then they switch around when things are getting more serious. Yeah. And and by the end of it, Inigo isn't fencing at all. He's lashing out because yeah. he knows he's beaten. He's got, to, I've got to try something. And of course now, Wesley's complete control, like kind of ducking back and forth and then he kind of disarms him. So it's the whole kind of like, where they're testing each other out, they're getting serious, one of them's really getting desperate, and then it's over. And it's a it's a it's a it's a narrative in itself, it's a story.
1: It is, yeah. I would imagine it's in some respects it's how men create and maintain friendships isn't it like a, a bit a bit like for example doing a podcast once a month um, so instead of having to because ha- you know what they wouldn't have done is sat down and had a conversation to each other about themselves they would have had a a, a sword fight or a fencing um, competition or whatever and then through that they would have understood and learnt about each other a bit like what we do here because you know god forbid we ever actually call each other and have a normal conversation <laughs> never, no, never. no 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 god forbid. no no
0: no no but for, but for the last five years every month without fail yeah,
1: exactly but yeah we have had a conversation but we've had <laughs> it through the medium of this yes. and that's what they're doing as well
0: It is fantastic. And again, also, um, Carrie Elwes and Mandy Pampkin put put a huge amount of effort into this. They they really learned their steps, because I think other than the somersaults, they did all the fencing themselves.
1: Yeah, they did. And they learned. The weird thing is, though, they spent three weeks learning it. And I think it looks like they've been doing it for years.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When I heard they did it themselves, I thought, well, clearly just, you know, a couple of fencing masters. i to have a go at it. But um, no, it's uh, not like Basil Rathbone. there. They uh, had to pick it up on the coof.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's so yeah. You're right. The, the practical things and even, even in the um uh, the um swamp uh the fire swamp. Sorry, again, there there could be a tendency. In you might have, you, you might have seen it in you know dark fantasy or, or in in more modern films. That fire swamp would have been extraordinarily grand, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it isn't really, isn't it? It's obviously a set. And it, it's
0: yeah I mean, and lots bit, of
1: things look like a stage. Yeah. you know the fire is obviously just like a little pipe out the bottom <laughs> but it, it works though doesn't it
0: yeah yeah it somehow does lots of things look like a soundstage but i guess come back to the thing it's you know it's a story no one's trying to tell you it's a real world it doesn't um, need so,
1: to be grand
0: yeah, so
1: and, that, and, yeah.
0: And, again, and again um and this is the thing it's like because at the start well Wesley in his Dread Pirate Roberts mode is very cool. He's he's even when you're up up to the point even when he's you know beating up Andre the Giant or um or you know he's he's probably his coolest when he's fighting Inigo or or outwitting vasini Yeah, but he's he's deadpan even when it's thrown down the hill. He's still pretty uh, cool. But yeah. uh, as but when they you know when they get in the fire swamps and he has to haul out Buttercup from the quicksand yeah. thing. They're they're suffering, you know, they, it's they really, serious, isn't They not it? they go yeah. through the mill, and it's yeah. not it's, it's not, So again, it doesn't. It's not the case of like he can just sidestep any danger he likes. He actually gets attacked by a rodent of unusual yeah. size and this kind of yeah. stuff. So it is a case of, yeah, this is proper danger here. Yeah, they they you know he's not just. It isn't like Dread power has appeared and he has an answer for everything. Like, well, i
1: brought my. You're right. I it's serious. Yeah. It's serious when it needs to be serious, and yeah. I think that that comes through with the love story. As well, um, so I think you know we've not really mentioned yeah, that, Robin yeah. Wright that much in it, but she, she's, she's, I think she's cracking in this as well. She's really good in this as well because I do think you get a sense of the love that they have for each other.
0: Yeah, and that's and never made light of.
1: Um... It's no, it isn't. You're right. It's never made light of, and it's the film presents it almost immediately as soon as the story is begun. It's the story of their love, and that runs through the film, and it's never made light of. It's never used for comedic effect. And that helps strengthen your bond with the character. Yeah, you know, there there are a few quests in this. There's a few journeys in this, and that is one of the main ones, which really kind of you know I got goosebumps thinking about it. And mm. you yeah, it's a, it's a story about you know you know giants and yeah. you know, what. Because the,
0: the love story, the fact is, yeah, more Robin Wright has to drive it than Wesley does yeah, because Wesley's yeah. either um, just having to go through physical quests yeah. to get to her, but she goes through the emotional quest. She's the one who sees the stable hand um, and he, he says the same thing every single time. And it's yeah. her that, that has to soften her mood and realise that she's they're falling in love together. And then so that you know, she loses him twice after that. And there's that constant yeah. fear that she has to get you know, the, the the loss and then back the relief and all this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, she does, she does a, a good turn in that. Um but yeah, the, the closer they come to making light of it or making fun of it is when they make light of themselves saying, you know, how will I ever see you again? Well, this is true love. You think this happens just yeah. once <laughs> all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's their own coda. So yeah, it is really well done. It is. But it was her debut, wasn't it? They said introducing Yeah, was her first,
1: first film. In fact, um, I read, who oh, they had, uh, they they'd auditioned some, some uh, lo- loads and loads of actresses for it. So uh, including like Meg Ryan. Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) I'm not joking. Um, And apparently, Robin Wright um, was invited to William Golding. William Golding, that's right, isn't it? His um, William Golding. His house as part of like a a screening with them. And basically, she she turned up and he opened the door and the sun was shining behind her. And and he said, (laughs) he said, um, yeah, that's how I wrote her. (laughs) So yeah, she was, she got it then.
0: (laughs) Well, there's a stamp of approval. Indeed, indeed. It's I mean, funny. It Robin sense. Wright took her career. Actually, interestingly, didn't take off. Till, she was in her, like forties, was it? She was obviously uh, well, in Forest Gump. Um, yeah, but not a lot until like House of Cards took off. And now she's kind of having a second lease of life on her career.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I haven't seen her in a lot of films, but um, I do. I. I mean, Forest Gump's one of those films where. I hate to admit it, but God, oh, I really love that film.
0: <laughs> yeah. I thought you would you hated that film. Like, who doesn't love Forrest Gump? Oh, I know, but film.
1: it's one of those films like, you know, if you, oh, if, you, if you like your Eastern European science fiction films and your horror films, Hugh, like I do, <laughs> it takes a lot to admit that you like Forrest Gump as well. But, you know, it's a, it's a bloody brilliant film. Oh, it's a good film. <laughs>
0: Literally, Cary Elwes, again, he, you'd almost imagine him a man out of time because, again, he's, he almost is so in the mould of like Errol Flynn. You think he'd do yeah. great 50 years ago. But basically, he seems to have played foils or antagonists yeah. for the rest of his career. Because if, I, if I was thinking whilst he played, you're thinking, again, apart from utterly playing to type in men in tights, um, you've got yeah. him in like Days of Thunder and you've got yeah. him like Lie Lie. He's normally the person you want to see lose the
1: movie. Well, you're right. I think actually, I was thinking what 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 his career didn't really take off. But then he was in the Saw film, the first Saw film. It's, it's, yeah, honestly, <laughs> that, he's main... I know he
0: was. But that's, is that your career taking off?
1: Well, I mean, it's sort the first Saw film is one of the most successful films of the two thousands.
0: Well, I I that's what I think I've already seen the one. I seen that's the one I saw, and I yeah. I, I thought. Actually, when I saw it, I thought, oh, they've got a coup there, they've got Carrie Elway. So I
1: yeah. thought he was the star. Maybe he was the, uh, star, he was the star. Yeah, yeah, saw, saw, I think it's like in the top 10 film, biggest grossing films of 2000 and of the oh. 2000s. Well, it's let
0: weird. me say the only thing I have to, uh, to to say good about Saw is the um the trailers always began for the latest Horror Fest going, if you see Saw, and like you hear is <laughs> Marjorie Yeah. <Dore. laughs> Seesaw, Marjorie Dawes.
1: Oh, I really want there to be a film called Marjorie Dawes now. Yeah. She like hangs around playgrounds, <laughs> <laughs> and um, that could be a seesaw, Marjorie Dawes. <laughs> that's it. It's brilliant. There yeah, you there's your idea. Yeah, maybe that's probably Marjorie, next doors. One. Marjorie yeah, who's Dawes.
0: Who played Marjorie Dawes? Well, didn't um, didn't Matt Lucas have a character <laughs> see, called George Patrick Dawes? No, <laughs> his members played Marjorie Dawes as well. Yeah.
1: Oh, there we he's taken the idea that, already Lucas plays Marjorie Dawes. There we go. Sort of. in the in the horror film Marjorie Dawes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's had a he's not had a stellar. Again, this again, maybe it's the curse of being too successful. But again, he had that cult thing. It's almost like Tim Curry in a sense. You you see him all yeah. the time, and he does yeah. great. He's great when you do see him, but you never quite escape from that initial massive success or cult success. Yeah,
1: that's true, isn't it? Actually, yeah, I, yeah, he's he doesn't. He doesn't fit in my kind of um, cultural pantheon that much, I've got to say, but yeah. you know, I'm sure he doesn't care. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> why would he care? I read somewhere. He's also, he's the son of like the shipping magnet or something like that. So was... it, it may be that he's just not that bothered. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're independently wealthy, I mean, he's just like, well, I don't really care what you think, mate.
0: Well, I suppose we could also say that, uh, I'm getting his name on again. Um, Mandy Pat- Patinkin. Mandy
1: Patinkin. Or
0: Mandy Patinkin. Patinkin. Sure which, yeah. Sorry, it's a fantastic Spanish name there. Yeah. Uh, Mandy <laughs> Patinkin uh, says this was his favourite movie, um, or favourite oh. character to play, which is, um, and in fairness, Indigo Montoya is the favourite character in the movie too. He's fantastic. Yeah, he is good, isn't he? Um, interestingly, he said that um, he's, I think he'd lost his father. um at a fairly early age and he imagined when he kind of ran through um count rogan he was killing the cancer that killed his father ah. he, he found that he said he found it a very cathartic experience
1: oh that's nice isn't it
0: and even we, we continue with the good feels andre the giant said he really loved the movie because people looked at him, looked at him as a person not just kind of a, a thing
1: we've not really yeah that's good we've not really mentioned him either because i do tend to find that in films where they've they've kind of cast Non actors or sports sports people, yeah, I guess yeah. it's a bit hit and miss. And now, whilst I think it's fair to say that he's not the greatest actor, yeah. he suits the role though. I mean, now, obviously he suits the role because he's a massive man. But yeah. his his slightly off kilter performance it works.
0: <laughs> it does, yeah. And I think it because um, obviously you know his his intonation and, and vocal yeah. things are quite flat. But his his physicality, as in like his, his his features, his smile. In this warmth comes across. Yeah. Like, he's getting, he's, he's got a rock in his hand saying, it's not my fault I'm born big, I don't even work <laughs> yeah. out. But I, I've got to yeah. crush you now. And it's like, oh, this is, this is very sweet. So he, he comes across as a proper gentle giant.
1: Yeah, he does, he does. Well, there we go. I mean, look, there you are, it's Princess Bride, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's Princess Bride for you. Uh, That's the Princess Bride. I
0: mean, we, we could go for recommendations, but we've listed every other fantasy film. I think film we have, yeah. across that, so we're done there.
1: I think we are done there, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, we we actually only really listed dark fantasy as well. There's nothing else. I mean, you could say Dragon Slayer is another one you could put in there. Same, you know, similar.
0: Yeah, quite. That was, was mid nineties, wasn't that? That was that was coming oh, out. Of
1: it. Dragon, Dragon Slayer. St-
0: sorry, sorry. I was thinking of Dragon you were thinking Heart. of
1: Dragonheart.
0: Yeah, Dragon Slayer, of course, dark fantasy. I mean, yeah. I mean, was was there any other upbeat fantasy? Um, Black Cauldron again, carrying the dark fantasy. Was there any other upbeat fantasies in the eighties that you can think of? I
1: can't. I can't think of many. I can't. Th-
0: I mean, think they just it, had nice castles and and damsels and, and stuff.
1: Well, see, the only thing, the only one I can think of, it's not, it's not really a light-hearted film. But it's the, the Adventures of Baron Munchausen. That's it's a that's, different type of film.
0: But that's well, well off piece as in terms of its, its, its. Um, well, his vibe it's, uh, is very different. Yeah, yeah, completely different.
1: But yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> at
0: one that's... point Baron Munchausen tries to seduce Uma Thurman. Yeah, <laughs> who's a naked Aphrodite. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's a fantastical film to look at. Oh, I don't yeah. think it's a very good film. No, it isn't but it looks amazing
0: yeah yeah i haven't seen that for you i haven't seen this since it came out actually
1: i went to cinema soon
0: it's visually very good but yeah i can't imagine it doesn't it i remember thinking as a story i wasn't that into it because it's yeah it's just a bit weird
1: it's too baroque it's too kind of
0: too terry gillingham
1: yeah it's the terry I'm...
0: jones band which has and i'd be on board with it
1: yeah you're right it's it's too out there yeah Anyway, there we are. We, Sorry, we finished. We finished the Princess Bride by talking about the Adventures of Van.
0: Right yeah, but there no other. Yeah, I'm trying to think, there is no other, is there? I'm, uh...
1: um, you know, maybe that's why it stands the test of time as well because it, it, it's 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 alone. It's alone in a in a in that genre, really.
0: Even the Court Jester was that like 30 years before that is more nodding and winking to the genre than this is.
1: Yeah, it is because this isn't. This doesn't take the piss, does yeah. it?
0: No, I think it's probably just like if you if you if you like the idea of old films, here's one. Um, it was even, even the court jester was like, we all know what an Errol Flynn movie is. Let's just have a bit of fun yeah.
1: with it now. Yeah. And but he does
0: it brilliantly, right? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, we get our five star. But it's, like, it's, it's just like saying we we know we know you know the genre. So now yeah. we're going to have fun with it. Whereas now it's the 80s, like no one's seen this genre for for 30 years. Let's just have a, Let's just have a nice piece of cake. Not a new, not a cake that will surprise you, or a cake that will understand you. Just a good piece of cake, well made. Let's all enjoy that.
1: Well, um, there's something you say about that, which is which is very true. And uh, you know, often when again looking at something like when Harry met Sally, it's a similar thing, right? That you kn- even if you've never seen When Harry Met Sally, you know what's going to happen in it, yeah? Don't you? You know what's going to happen. You know, you know the the ticks. You know the ups and downs. You know the the plot m- mechanisms. You know all of this kind of stuff. <laughs> None of that matters. In fact, it's because you know all of that stuff that it's so satisfying.
0: But obviously, spoilers for our next podcast, which, if chronologically, will be Harry Met Sally. So, <laughs> so we won't give yeah. away how we feel about that one yet. We should also, again, we probably mentioned it already. We're reviewing these in all kinds of orders, just to cram oh, yeah. them in. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. again, but I'm sure our listeners are forgive will forgive us for that.
1: I just, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, you've, you've, you've. There's a task you've set there, which is about looking at films like this from the eighties and it's not quite the same but again you know, hook that's early 90s i guess not quite the same is it it's,
0: well again it comes to a person from the real world traveling to the fantasy world and again yeah. there, there's nods in the fact that hook is grown up and kind of makes a joke about it and peter pan is 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 quipping like robin williams yeah. the
1: can. maybe it's it's not the same though, is it maybe maybe in in a later kind of era something like the pirates of the caribbean films i mean but even close. yeah, no, they're close. closer aren't they because because they
0: re- i think pirates of the caribbean obviously the first one is the best one was closest to that kind of we like an idea of a swashbuckling film yeah we we think we understand how they are and we'll do one i mean it's maybe why lord of the rings was such a runaway success because it was a contained fantasy world that was yeah. for all its darkness still quite upbeat
1: yeah yeah that's true Jumanji, not quite. Yeah, on again, once, again, once again, you have you have the
0: crossing of the worlds. You, know you do. I mean? Yeah. There's all that. Yeah. The crossing of the worlds. Yeah. you so right. Now, now you think about it, is whether this was a really, really old trip. I don't know about. Like maybe they did in the 50s, or they had the idea of someone narrating yeah. a story. But it's quite unique now. Thinking about that, the whole grandpa and the grandson. And I guess if we did it again, people would go, "That's just a princess bride's gimmick. You can't do that.
1: You can't do that anymore. Yeah.
0: So maybe, maybe that's it. It, it nailed a unique framing device um so well that no one could ever touch it
1: again. <laughs> it's in some respect, yeah. I mean I'm belaboring the point here. I think it's the framing device that does it. It's the framing that makes the film. Yeah. I mean, in some see, respects.
0: Yeah, and you see it in like, you know, cartoons and TV specials. They can get away with like I'll you tell do. you a story. Yeah, but if you're we need the a poo big... as
1: well, it start, usually starts with the the book, you know.
0: Although mm. the yeah the Disney always begins with a book opening, but it never begins with the book does it begin with the book closing or just does the end come up? Once once the book is opened
1: and yeah, that's it. You're in the world, aren't you?
0: Yeah the book is yeah. more like the um you know the disney logo rather than any other yeah. part of it it's yeah. uh yeah I, I i'm struggling to think and maybe maybe you know what, uh, if any listeners out there can think of a better film because we're stumped where you have a book being read that's as important as the story being told um i'd love to yeah know th-
1: that. but that isn't so the Neverending story has a book yeah but the point of it is is that the character becomes part of the film yeah becomes part of the story
0: yeah the two independent narratives that don't cross mm. and don't intersect with each other, but also follow the similar arc of the, uh, as, oh. you know, as as Wesley and Buttercup come together, so does grandson and grandfather, uh, because they both end with as you wish.
1: Yeah, they do. There must be, there must be some. Uh, there, you, I bet there'll be some in the horror genre, because that's, kind of thing that <laughs> that. but I'll have to, I'll have to have a think. I don't know. I can't think of okay. any off my head. Anyway, there we go. I think we've done the, the Princess Bride, haven't we? Are we going to yes. give scores for it? I think mean, we know what it's going to be, don't we?
0: Yeah, let's not mess around. I'm giving it a five. Me
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I think, a, 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 you know, a completely different view than when I watched it when I was little. Yeah. A- I mean, you know, obviously, I obviously misremembered the film as well and had think I'd thought about the film in a different way and it just stuck in my head. And You know, what a fool. I could have been watching this for years.
0: <laughs> I think when I first watched it, I liked it, but didn't. I remember thinking... Well, like, that's probably quite cynical watching. I think, you know, this is just get a silly fantasy film. Yeah, but yeah. the more it threw at me, like with the whole, like, Inigo Montoya plot, I was thinking, no, this is good. It's tricking me into, into watching something good. And like, again, with the the grandpa reading, it's like, oh, yeah. no, it's, it's tricking me to, to watching something that's better than I thought it was.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: But anyway, having uh, having used enough of your time with The Princess Bride, you know, I've projectively uh, advised you to go off and watch it. and. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do do that.
0: Do that because because we've talked about as long as the Princess Bride, yeah. so it's a refreshingly brief film. But we will continue with our Rob Reiner. When having having passed the halfway mark, we're heading downhill, or not? Okay. And until the next time, we shall uh, siphon no more life from you, but we shall <laughs> fill our milk pails and uh, poison our wine goblets uh, and wish you a very healthy and a very happy weekend, at Grumpy's.
1: Good evening, all during the day though if i said to him should we read a story read a book together he's like, nah. like yeah yeah on
0: the <laughs>
1: ipad yeah. yes yes the same. but at bedtime it's like oh no i want a story
0: yeah it's a very rare one when i say well, should we should put up on the sofa and i'll read your story it's like mm. nah.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah watch a film instead And <laughs> deep down i'm like yes <laughs>